dedicated to the human spirit. I'm your host, Conan Tanner. In today's episode, we visit with the powerful, the magnetic, the inspiring yogi, Violet Sky. Violet is a genuine healer, shamaness, and somatic sex therapist. We cover so many topics in this interview, I don't even know where to start. So I will just let it commence. Without further ado, please give it up for Violet Sky. Violet, welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) All right, so we're going to jump right in. Okay. So three modalities that are discussed a lot in the modern world Mm -hmm. are yoga, meditation, and Reiki. As a yogi and a massage therapist yourself, I'm interested to hear what your views are on these modalities and how they've impacted your life. Hmm... Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I would say that when I first got into these modalities, so I'd say that all these things are a part of my everyday life um, now. But when I first got into these things, they were just ideas. And I remember at one point thinking, I really, really want to have the body of a yogi. Which is like, I wanted to have the body of a yogi, but I didn't want to do yoga or think about it, and I didn't even know what it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's super honest. Yeah, well, it's true, you know? So I remember looking at people who do yoga, and I thought, well, I hope my ass ends up looking like that forever. Um, (laughs) And just for reference, I'm 31 right now. Yeah, and then I really got into it, and even though I got into yoga, and and I actually did uh, get trained in Reiki, I still was doing it from a perspective of, what do I look like? So now I'm doing these yoga poses, and I'm, uh, what what does it look like, what does it look like, you know, how hot do I look when I'm doing these yoga poses? What does my butt look like now (laughs) in these yoga pants? 
Um, and then it kind of progressed to a point of I had this moment of realization when I was doing yoga one day, probably after about five years of doing yoga. And I realized that um, it was about being present in your body. And, and same with Reiki and same with meditation. And I think I always approach things from trying to get to a certain goal. So the meditation was also so I could get, you know, away from myself or quote unquote enlightened. Um, so I'd say all these modalities, there's like different sides to them. There's the idea of them, the idea of Reiki or the, the, the idea of yoga um, and meditation. But then there's the other side of it as what ties all these things together, um, which for me is just coming, you know, presence in the real sense. So, yeah. It's almost like you took a journey from um, initially viewing it kind of like from the outside, um, seeing it externally, like what are the external results of the yoga and what does it look like externally? And then you, you took a journey inwardly to where you all of a sudden realized that you were in your body and then that that was kind of the goal. So seeing things from an inward perspective instead of an external one. Yeah, like the brand of yoga. Like, oh, I want to be part of this cool brand called yoga and yeah. yogi, you know? I think about that a lot, um, how yoga has morphed and transmutated and not necessarily in all bad ways, but as it's become more integrated into Western culture, which is traditionally more materialistic. And um, certainly I think like in its inception, when it, be, when it moved kind of into the mainstream, I think yoga became quite materialistic for a while. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's coming out of that now? Or do you think that we're still in the grips of it? Like, it's just another magazine now, like the yoga magazine instead of Cosmo. Um, I think that there's always going to be multiple sides to it. So it's like, for me, I've come out of that, but maybe somebody who just discovered yoga and is, you know, at the beginning of their journey and they're looking at somebody in yoga pants thinking, I want my body to look like that. You know they're they're in a different spot than I am so I can only say like where I am personally but um, I'm not offended by any other um, like I'm not offended by the brand of yoga I think it's necessary and everybody's going through different parts of their evolution like can I just real quick sorry um, I you know that whole like hippie dude thing where they put this bun really far on top of their head <laughs> Ugh, uh, we don't talk yeah. about man no, 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 no. But this is this is relevant to what I'm talking. <laughs> All right, so, we're done here. Oh, uh, we have to go. <laughs> listen, he told me before I showed up. Listen, no hippies. We can talk no about, talking about no. We can talk about anything except man buns. That's the only rule you violate. Okay, but the reason why I talk about this is because I think like, what the fuck, man bun, right? And it's this whole thing about the man bun. <laughs> But the other day, I put my hair in one of those man buns. Like, it's so far up your head that, um, you know, when you're doing yoga, uh, when you're doing, like, downward dog and all that stuff, and then you go to do the floor exercises, I had this moment of realization that, like, shit, there's actually a purpose to the man bun. It's for yoga. <laughs> but it's become, like, a fad, right? It's become, like, a well, as long as... It's the same with me with the yoga I pants. See. I want my ass looking okay. in those yoga pants. Man, man is like, well, I can't be doing the yoga pants so much. Well, maybe some... You know, everybody's different. Everybody's... But, you know, you got the man bun. Sport the man bun. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the purpose behind things versus um, the style of the thing. And I... Your honesty and acknowledging that uh, the beginning of your journey was more of a, a, a kind of like an external focus. Um, 
in that then there's like this beautiful acceptance of that if others are at that part of their journey then that's totally okay because and understandable even because you experienced it yourself hell yeah <laughs> and I think I honestly um, I, I kind of agree with you I don't really have an issue with you know if we want to call it the, the brand of yoga or the trendiness aspect of yoga because um, the results are so great like it helps people feel good I've never talked to anyone who said like oh I, I was feeling great and then I did yoga and then I felt shitty it's always the opposite it's like it, so even if you're coming at it from just wanting to look better that's okay I mean it's also part of being a human being like when you're when you're a human being, you're looking for mates, you want to look good. It does, it's not necessarily a horrible thing. Listen, I got into yoga because I wanted my butt to look good. And then it led me to where I am right now. So <laughs> I remember I was traveling around and there was this girl and she would always wear a mini skirt and like a thong. And then she would do handstands, which I was, I was pretty jealous that she could do handstands. But then she just kept, while she was upside down, she'd be like, yoga, yoga butt, you know? And I was like, well, I want that. <laughs> Well, not necessarily the mini skirt upside down, but I was like, damn, she must, you know, she must have discovered something. She could do handstands and, you know, put, put her butt out. She had a nice butt. And I was like, you know, so it was super superficial. And so it would be so silly of me to, uh, or hypocritical of me to look at someone else and judge them for getting into anything, really. I think that's also the magic of yoga is that it yes. works and functions and kind of assists evolution on like multiple different levels all at the same time which i think is really amazing and Hell then yes. if you add uh, i've been doing a bunch of hot yoga lately and then with that it's like which is um, like amazing yeah so i have all i have a lot of scandinavian roots so my ancestors grew up doing sauna and stuff and i also like i've done a bunch of sweat lodges uh, native american style sweat lodges and like it's like my favorite thing in the world so then now i'm combining this amazing practice of yoga with a base, essentially a sauna and it's like you stand there and you're trying to do a tree pose and you're watching water like it's as if someone is is pouring a, a glass of water over your head that's the degree of sweat that is pouring off of you it's um, it feels really good <laughs> or somebody is actually pouring water over your head sometimes oh, that happens too. okay yeah <laughs> i would be like please please <laughs> yeah you gotta ward off the heat exhaustion somehow no i've never actually had I haven't had heat exhaustion from hot yoga. I've had heat exhaustion from riding my bike in Phoenix in the summer for like 10 hours in 120, which... Yes, uh, can I just cut in? Uh, Conan is the kind of guy who will... Um, you'll see him on his bike, who and he's just biked like 20 miles, and then he'll be like, oh, can't talk, gotta go to the gym. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're at the... You just biked 20 miles. He's gotta get my cardio in. I'm like, all right, well, I admire you. And then, so he does this in the heat and then goes to hot yoga. That's just good. Yeah, it's, uh, you'll good do, for you. You'll do crazy things when you're completely addicted to endorphins. <laughs> endorphins are very addictive. I'm, I'm way more addicted to endorphins than even, like, caffeine. Like, if I had to choose between endorphins and caffeine. I was just going to say, you got to <laughs> combine them. I'm addicted to the combination. Oh, I love the combo. Yeah. Yes. Oh, do you like to um, smoke, smoke weed and then work out? Uh, yes. So it's a, the trio. Actually, I'm on the trio right now. Yes, the trio. Oh, <laughs> I went to, on trio. my bike this morning to get coffee and then, you know. <laughs> nice. Yes. Hells yeah. Very good. And I always, for some reason, I get them to do an extra shot 
So I have like four shots of espresso. Damn, that's a lot. I know, and I I don't know why I ask for it. Even if I don't want it, there's like a voice inside me that's like, get the extra shot. And considering it's like, like how tiny you are, like four shots of espresso is like twenty five percent of your body mass. Yeah, right now my veins, I can feel it. I can feel it in my veins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if you're gonna like take four shots of espresso, like a pretty decent time is right before you're gonna sit down and do a podcast. Yeah, I feel like I'm the uh, the coffee equivalent of the person who's at the beginning of their yoga career. I'm like, listen, give me all this. Give me four shots because I just want to be cool. I want the baristas to think I'm cool. So I'm like, just give me all the shots. I can handle it. It's like, And then I go out and I drink it and I'm like, I cannot fucking handle this. And then the baristas aren't even around anyway to like no, see the aftermath. But they do think I'm cool. There's so what, the, <laughs> what's your favorite? What do you get the shots in? You just have them straight up? or? Uh, oh, God, no. Oh, I would never. Okay, so I... I don't like dark coffee. I like creamy coffee with like, sometimes I'll just get a bunch of shots of espresso and get them to put cream in. So I'll do that. Uh, do you have them steam the cream or? Uh, well, if it's hot, then they steam it. If it's not. Um... So it's like you get a breve <laughs> latte sometimes, like a half and half latte almost with four shots. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Dude, that's a great drink. Oh yeah, for That's sure. super ketogenic too, that drink. That's why I get it. Yeah. Because it's ketogenic. <laughs> we have uh, at the coffee shop I started at, there's a bulletproof coffee that we do. We put grass-fed butter in and yes. um, MCT oil, and then we mm-hmm. blend it all together in coffee. And it like takes that. the edge off the coffee a little bit. Mm-hmm. Super yummy. I've never tried it. I need to try that. It's really good. It's like the healthy version of the thing that I do already. Yeah. MCT cool. oil is it's medium-chain triglycerides, and it comes from mm-hmm. coconut oil, and it's like essential for myriad... Um, body processes so that's what mct means yeah oh medium change i've heard both terms but never piece them together it's like okay that makes sense this one dude came in the other day to the shop and he Uh was super mr cranky pants and um like for the most part customers are pretty cool there but yeah there's this one variety of customer that will like ask questions but not in like a nice manner like (laughs) ask questions in kind of like this aggressive like how like how uh so this guy was like MCT oil, what the hell is that? And I was like, oh, it stands for medium chain triglycerides. And he goes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then he just funny. walked away and then oh. sat down. He was having like a important man pants business meeting with some other guy, and they were talking really loud about numbers and stuff. And he didn't. He didn't like your up. answer. He was like, hell no. Dude, if you're not if you're not willing to accept the truth, you shouldn't ask the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully he comes in again and you can just give him a different answer every time. Well, the stone that the builder refused will always be the head cornerstone. So this guy's going to enter a hardcore ketogenic phase, like today, probably. What? Because <laughs> he rejects it. He rejects the oh, MCT oil. Oh, yeah. The MCT oil is like a cornerstone of the ketogenic thing because yeah. it provides such good like mm-hmm. fat. Because with ketosis, you just want to be burning fat only. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, really easy to knock yourself out. Like, one cookie will knock yourself out of ketosis. Yeah, see, that's why I can't do that ketosis thing. Because I thought, well, what? so what happens if you're just doing the whole diet, doing it, doing it, and then all of a sudden you have a cookie? And then now what happens? Does your body just reset itself, and now all of a sudden all that fat is just... No, you still get the benefits of when you were in ketosis, but mm-hmm. then you just stop burning ketones. You start burning calories again from carbs. Because uh, okay. your body will burn the carbs first always. 
But the reason why it's good for us to go through occasional ketosis is because uh, the, our, we're still essentially like primeval people. Mm-hmm. Like our DNA is wired still for like hunter gatherer mm-hmm. type living. Yeah. And that was feast or famine. So that was like eating a lot of food and they'd eat the whole animal, which includes a lot of fat, like with bears and stuff. Like imagine and the organs with a bear. Mm-hmm. And then um and then there'd be long periods of time when there was no food being ingested and so I we've evolved to have this like intermittent fasting type thing because mm-hmm. um, it allows our digestive system to reset. And while our digestive system system is resetting, then we're burning these ketones. And because we evolved to do this, when you burn ketones, there's all these positive results. Like it's really good for aging well. And um, it, it, I mean, I'm, I'm oh, not going to turn this into a nutrition podcast. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to get ketones. sued. <laughs> know, Uh-oh, right? I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to put a disclaimer uh, at the beginning of this. Don't yeah. listen to anything they say. They don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm an all or nothing person, so I will do the the fasting. And you know what happens after one day of fasting? I become a nicer person because okay. I because I'm so. Otherwise, so what I do is I'll just go through my day, and it's like, well, I want a, I want a piece of chocolate. Okay, cool. I want this coffee with four shots. Okay, you're fucking extra cool. And then, and then I am like. Um, uh, oh, I like care about people. I care about people more, like starving people. When I'm starving, when I'm not, you know, not that I'm ever starving, but when I'm hungry, I start to donate money to people. <laughs> I just get on my computer instead of eating. I get on my computer and I start signing up for like women's charities and like kids in other countries and like education charities. And I'm like, I just sign up for all these monthly things. So and I start to like care about like creatures around me more. Like otherwise, I'm just so obsessed. I think it's just eating all the time kind of makes you just. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little bit self-involved. Just like my cake, my butter croissant, more, more, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess it definitely uh, keeps you in that <clears throat> in that space of, like, wanting. It's a very, like, wanting feeling when you're hungry all the time. Yeah, like, oh, well, I'm satiated, so why aren't you satiated? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. But, you know, because we're, we're just so human, right? It's hard. It's like the empathy thing. It's like the whole, like, putting yourself in someone else's shoes, you know? It's like, it's, it's so easy to think things about people but then when you're in their shoes you're like oh shit like i yeah i mean yeah it's it's complicated i was gonna go into a, like a vegetarian vegan thing but i'm like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh yeah. i was gonna say that i was i've been vegetarian and i've been vegan before and i remember there was this one time where i decided to go on like a 30 mile walk with no water and no food and i swear to you after like 12 hours i saw a chicken and I love, I love animals. I love animals. But I saw that chicken and my, my ape instincts kicked in and I was like, I'm going to kill you. I will kill the chicken with my bare hands and I will eat you raw. Like I didn't, and it's so amazing. And I don't think that um, we necessarily experience that, you know, because if you're always full, you're never, you know, so you would think, well, how could people do this? And how could we, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, you're not in that situation. When you get in that situation, holy shit, you'd be surprised what you'll do with your bare hands. Well, and also, um, <laughs> not only like our, our people, we have access to all the food we want. And mm-hmm. a lot of that food is like meat. And so then it's like, people will eat the chicken just reflexively all the time without really thinking about the fact that that was like a living breathing animal. Totally. Whereas if you're like uh, starving essentially and you kill a chicken and eat it, like I would imagine you're probably going to feel like this sense of deep respect for the animal for like giving its life to you. And, it's going to be sacred yeah, as and fuck. You would actually have to kill the animal yourself, which is that changes things. 
Yeah, well, and then you're there at the moment where the animal dies. So you're not, like, there's not somebody else killing it, and then, like, weeks or years even, if it's frozen later, you're eating it. Like, at that moment, if you kill the animal because you are just so freaking hungry and you're using your hands, it's going to be a very intimate experience. And then when the soul or whatever you believe of the body of the creature leaves, you're going to feel that for sure. Yeah. It's very intimate. The last um, (laughs) feral pig I hunted, I like had to finish off the pig after shooting the pig and it was a very like up close and personal experience mm-hmm. and I like saw the light go out of the pig's eyes and oh. I was happy because I wanted it to be a quick thing I didn't want it to suffer obviously yeah. but so I was there present as this the spirit left the body and then um like I ate as much of the meat as I could butchered it ate as much as I could tried to give it stuff away um and mm. then I remember there was like the offal and some other stuff that I couldn't eat in time and I didn't have access to refrigeration at that time and what so, did you call it the oatful the oatful which is what like is that? that's like the inner english major <laughs> it's like the innards of the animal okay like uh, okay i think it includes organ meat but also like intestines and all that kind of stuff i'm helping the people who are listening just in case they don't know what oatful means <laughs> and i honestly don't even it sounds know like a it. british version of awful like you're awful <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean yeah right maybe that's where the word comes from oh it does it <laughs> probably was awful. pretty awful yeah but um <laughs> and it might be awful i don't know awful i think it's awful i, don't I know. trust you uh you can uh email in now to the show so listeners out there if i'm pronouncing awful incorrectly you can correct me at uh barbarian.noetics at gmail.com Anyways, so I, I was, I'm, I'm taking this, the, the miscellaneous parts, the offal, like into the jungle and I wanted to like kind of give it to the animals so it would go to good use. <clears throat> and I remember the sun had just set and there was a hawk that started like circling as I, I was like saying this prayers, I put the, the, the flesh like down on the earth yeah. and I was like, yeah. And then this, this hawk started circling and making its like hawk calls and it was really like profound so that was like a little glimpse into what probably it it was like for more primordial man who was so incredibly life was so hard for sure not romanticizing it no life was really hard (laughs) and like the more i learn about history all over the world it's like this idea that uh, people who were uh, living in more like tribal societies like had no conflict the romanticism of it mm-hmm. like the aztecs were brutal as fuck the aztecs human were, sacrifice dude they were brutal <laughs> and they were busy making an empire out of mexico when the spaniards came and mm-hmm. they had like a brutal conflict the spaniards were brutal and the aztecs were also brutal it was mm-hmm. like brutality on brutality so no thank you anyways but i'm talking about even maybe before that like caveman times like yeah there weren't even enough humans to, maybe to to foment that much conflict we were so spread so out so spread out uh-huh. and the time when there was homo sapiens sapiens coexisted with neanderthal man mm-hmm. that would have been so interesting like imagine those interactions i feel like we still coexist with neanderthals sometimes we do for like sure. if i go to a pub I'm like, that is not, that is a Neanderthal. Well, and people legitimately have Neanderthal genes. So oh. we are, we, we have Neanderthal, everyone has a different, I think if you do 23andMe, you can find out like how much Neanderthal uh, genes you have in you. We all have some. I mean, it was coming out when I saw that chicken on the road. I was like, <laughs> I'm a fucking animal. Yeah. Like, I don't, that thing made eye contact with me and it was like, oh, hell no. It was gone. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you, like, actually, like, make a move to start chasing? No, because I knew that... I've, ch- I've chased chickens before, and I know they can always out uh, outrun me. They're That's, very quick. They're quick. Yeah, they're yeah. hard to catch. Yeah. They've got that instinct. Also, remember, I didn't have water either, so I wasn't about to, like... Make, I made a calculated decision with my little, my animal brain, and it uh, was like, uh uh-uh, hell no. Why you should you just open your mouth and drink the rain. Why did you not have water? <laughs> well, you know, this is when I was living kind of a lifestyle where I like to put myself in really dangerous situations just to, like, push myself, you know? So you almost did it subconsciously on purpose. I to, like... did it subconsciously on purpose, yes. Yep. Being super <laughs> thirsty is the worst. Thirst is hell. I've been, like, the one time that I was, like, legitimately dehydrated to the point where I thought that I might, like, pass out or, mm-hmm. or like, even something worse. That happened once in my life, and I'll never... Was it at Burning Man? It wasn't at Burning Man, though. This was, okay. It was, uh, no, it was in the rural northern California. And, oh. yeah, it was during my drinking days, obviously. Were you on a highway or something? Like, were you hitchhiking? Or I were... was, uh, so I had, I was working, I was living um, up in the hills <laughs> in Northern California, like, in the middle of nowhere, and so my friends and I, there was, like, one little small town down on the coast, it was, like, ten miles away, you had seven miles down the mountain, and then three miles up the coast, that was the closest town, and so there's, like, one little bar in the town, and so we go and, like, play pool and get drunk and stuff. So this one night, they were, they were leaving. They were my ride, and they left. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'll figure it out. And they were like, are you sure, dude? You're like 10 miles away. It's like 2 a.m. Like, how are you going to figure it out? I'm like, no, I'll figure it out. It's all good. So they left. They're like, well, you're a grown-ass Ooh, man. <clears throat> okay. Make your own decisions. Yeah. And then I did manage to get a ride to the base of the mountain. So these people were nice enough to take me the three miles down the coast. But they were like, dude, I'm sorry, but we're not going to go all the way seven miles up this mountain, like, right now. So, you know, no. which is yeah, totally yeah. understandable. Yeah. They were doing, it was, like, really stupid and presumptuous. They were like, do you want some water, man? You were like, no. Yeah, so anyway, so <laughs> what happened is, fine. <laughs> so I get out, and I'm like, I'm like, well, it's kind of a long walk up the mountain. I'll just take a little cat nap. So I just, like, lie down, like, in the woods and <laughs> fall asleep. And that I sounds slept, about right. <laughs> I slept for, like, probably two, two and a half hours. Like and a then, literal cat nap, two and a <clears> half yeah. hours. Then I woke up, and then I was like, then my, my throat felt like it was on fire. I was completely parched, and I, but I had no water, nothing. I didn't have anything. And then the, where I was living was seven miles up this mountain, and it was so pitch black that I literally couldn't see. Like, oh, there was no moonlight that. that night. It was overcast, yeah. and there's no streetlights. This is very isolated, rural California. And uh, so I had to, I had to, like kind of collect myself because I kind of panicked and then I realized like you have to get up this mountain like you have to get up this mountain immediately and get water you idiot <laughs> and so I had to the only way I could navigate the road up the mountain was really narrow and so there was just this little break in between the trees that where I could see that the this light was like a tiny bit lighter because it was opening up to the cloudy sky it's like this little gradient of black and that's where you were dying eyes. and you were seeing heaven yeah, right and this is after my eyes had adjusted and everything so oh, i like had to look wow. up i had to walk and look up just to see uh, to see like where the road went so i wouldn't meander off and then the other thing that happened that night is um i experienced the feeling of i legitimately felt like i was being hunted by a mountain lion so I don't know if I was or not, because obviously I didn't get attacked by a mountain lion, so I can't say it with certainty, but I will say that I've never had that feeling before, and it was this feeling of like every hair on the back of my neck was standing up, and it was this feeling like I'm being stalked. And then I started thinking, and I'm like, this is mountain lion country, there's tons of mountain lions. I mean, like, 
northern california wilderness like mountain lion so it's like a legitimate fear it's a legitimate concern and then also <laughs> and it they, knows you're dying exactly it knows <laughs> it i'm can weak sense it. yeah oh. it senses i'm weak Shit. and it can sense my fear yeah so what i did is i um my totem one of my totem animals is a uh, raven mm-hmm. as well as the bobcat so i started making like raven calls like really loud just to try to like throw it off yeah and even like try to like communicate with my ancestors and be like, help me out here. This is not good. I'm like about to pass out from Oh, and if you pass out, he's definitely gonna. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that was really intense. That was an intense night. And then I had to climb over barbed wire to get back into the place I was staying. Oh God. <laughs> that sounds horrible. So I was like, finally made it back to the gate. And then I'm like, oh, now I gotta navigate this barbed wire. But I did it. I got over the barbed wire. I only cut myself a little bit. Yeah. And then that drink of water was like, I'll never forget oh, that either. That was oh. the most blissful. Like, you, we really don't, we take water so for granted that it's like literally our very essence. What is it, 70% of us is water? Yeah, 75%, I think. And also, I don't think I take water for granted. I'm psychotic about water. I'm a psycho. Like, I'm, I just, I'm obsessed with water. I bring it everywhere I go. Like, I always have tons of water. And it's because of those situations where you get stuck without water. So your 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 story just now it's like you know you know the value of water because you've done that you know Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> an educational experience for sure. It's like the thing when I fast and then I start sending money to people. <laughs> it's right. like you know sometimes you got to experience it in order to you know. I have this um I have this and I'm sure it's not my theory. It's just like there is this theory and I my mind kind of caught it and now it's in my brain. <laughs> But um, that like kind of life is sort of this thing where, you know, you're born and you have a certain experience and you're kind of, I almost envision it as like you're sitting somewhere and you're uh, in a dark room, right? Because life is this crazy mystery and you only are aware of like the space, like what you can, what you can sense around you. And, um, and like life experience are the equivalent of like reaching your arms out and like feeling into the darkness, you know, just because if you don't do that, you're sitting in this chair in the darkness and you don't know where you are and you're afraid to reach out because you don't know what you're going to touch. But once you start to reach out and feel around you, like you get to actually know what's around you and actually have a sense of your space and your perimeter and where you can extend to. And that kind of, instead of sitting and, and being afraid of like the darkness around you, you get to be like, you know, it's dark, but I know that when I reach my hands out here and here, this is like the world around me. So I guess, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with being thirsty, but I guess it's sort of the same thing. It's like, why do we put ourselves in those situations? Because we want to, we want to experience it, you know. This also brings us back around to yeah. the, um, the initial question I asked you about oh. yoga, meditation, and Reiki. Because, <clears throat> like, when you were describing about being in like a dark space and being able to reach out from there, that's a lot of how I feel like meditation is for me. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Where are you at right now, like in your meditation practice, and do you still practice Reiki? So I feel like. Um, I feel like we all naturally can do Reiki. So even though I'm Reiki certified, I feel like it's just everyone's hands with intention are just basically magical. And in Taoism, they talk about how um, the hands are connected to the heart. So like, for example, if somebody touches you with their hand, like on your on your knee or on your back or I guess, well, anywhere, right? You can really feel their intentions. Um, 
And so I think everyone is uh, equipped to do Reiki. I don't remember the question. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting just, there. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the question... I was trying to get to something. Tell me what you were asking me again. What is the question anyways? What does it really mean? What anyways? is the question? Philosophically speaking. No, There's so I'm many just, uh, answers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> talking about meditation and Reiki, I asked you um, if, I guess, like, where you're at, if you have, like, a regular meditation practice right now, and then I asked if oh, you were practicing Reiki. Oh, God. So you do practice oh, Reiki. Oh, yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is I do massage. Okay. I do somatic therapy. So I, I do just because I touch people. So basically, if you touch anyone, I feel like you're doing Reiki. That it's makes sense. It's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, I've, this is a huge thing. It's like, I've learned all these things, right? And I'm like, I've had like trainings and professional trainings. And through all of it, I realized that I already had all these things. It's just that I was afraid to do it, I guess. Or I didn't have faith in myself. Um, yeah, anyway, to answer your question, yes, I have to meditate. Otherwise, I, um, I end up uh, in excruciating pain, like spiritually. Like I cannot... I, I cannot uh, deal with myself. If you know, it's so interesting because I did this. Um, I did this meditation the other day where you know you have these like moments of realization, which you know usually after you're like, oh, that was stupid, but <laughs> oh, it's the the great realization. Um, I realized that because you know sometimes we're meditating to try to get somewhere, right? It's the same thing. It's like, well, I want to do yoga. Why am I doing yoga? Because I want a yoga butt, or because I want to look cool, or I want to do the thing that everyone else is doing because I want to get whatever they have. And I don't know what it is, but I'm trying to get it. Um, but just um, um, I realize. So it's like if we're we're out in the world, right, and we're trying to be loved. And there's this big thing right now with self-love. Like, you want to have self-love, self-love, you know? And it's like, okay, I want to love myself. But um, what meditation provides is, like, a chance to actually know yourself. So, for example, if you, and I ask this to my clients all the time. I say, you know, at the end of 24 hours, if you were to sit at the end of the day and reflect on your day, how many of those hours did you actually spend inside your body? Damn, that's a good question. Are you asking me right now? Well, I ask people, but I'm looking at you. <laughs> you are. You're looking really I am, intensely Yeah, I'm at asking you. <laughs> I feel like I'm being hunted by a mountain lion again. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll many... take that as a compliment. It's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, how many hours a day do I feel like I'm really inside my body? <clears throat> Well, when I work out, I feel like I'm in my body. Although, even if I'm totally honest, I don't... Because I, I, my head, I'm pretty spacey. Uh-huh. So if I'm daydreaming, that doesn't really count, right? Even if I'm, like, working... I'm kind of like... Then it's sort of like I'm half in my body and half half in my head. But does that count? I don't think uh, that's what you're asking. When am I fully present in my Yeah, body? it's more like there's nothing wrong with being out of your body. Because I think that we're dreamers and we have imaginations for a reason. Like, everything you see around you is because that person was... Had their head in the clouds and decided, I'm going to make this crazy thing. And then they made it into reality, so I really think there's nothing wrong with it. It's more just like, I guess, the idea of um, meditation as a means to an end. That's just not going to happen. The whole point of meditation, in my in my humble opinion, is being, like, actually being in your body. And so I think a lot of times we think, well, being, you know, meditation should bring me to this place of peace. But the reality is, is the whole point of meditation is so that you are inside of your actual physical body and you're experiencing yourself and the realization that i had was that 
you know, we want to be loved and we want to have self-love, but how can you love yourself in like the real unconditional sense when you don't even know who you are? When at the end of the day, you have not spent even one second with your actual self, like the actual self that resides like inside the core of you. So then we're looking, 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 and we're only seeing ourselves from the reflection of others, hence why, you know, if we see Facebook and see other people's stories or other people's opinions of us or the approval from our boss or whatever, then we're basing our entire identity on just the reflection of the outside world, and we're not actually, we don't even know ourselves. We only know the reflection of of other people, but that has nothing to do with us. So I had this moment in my meditation where I was like, oh, shit, I don't even know who I am. <laughs> and not, not the idea of me, like actually spending literal time with yourself, even just for a split second. And I think that's the whole point. And same with yoga. Yoga is all about being comfortable in your body so that you can be in your body, so that you can know yourself. That's yeah, why others, you know. I do think like one of the deep... Um I don't know. I don't. I, I'm shying away from using the word purpose because I feel like it's it's not really applicable here. But yoga prepares you for meditation by by allowing you to limber up your body and be comfortable in your body. Then you it allows you to sit with your body better. So it's like they one they go together sort of. Totally, I totally agree with that. But also, yoga is a meditation. And yoga is a meditation in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you and I, I find also that I follow this pattern of like. If I am trying to avoid myself, what I'll do is I will go and I will eat junk food because I'm first off, I'm getting dopamine hit after dopamine hit, you know, but also it's, it's like, it's my way of avoiding whatever emotion is trying to come up and out of my body. And so it's like, you know, if you eat a bunch of junk food and then you feel crappy in your body and then you want to get away from your body even more. And then it's this cycle of just like, you know, trying to get away from yourself. And then you're trying to get away from yourself, but then simultaneously going to other humans being like, why do you want, like, come to me, come, like, I want you in my personal space, I want, like, you, 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 but it's really, like, shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, all these people are running away from themselves, running into each other at the same time. Yeah, everyone's trying to get away from themselves. It's really interesting. It's very interesting. So I have two two quick thoughts. Uh, Uh The first thing is um, what you were saying... uh, about like the the true purpose of the real deep purpose of meditation is to be in your body and in the core of your body Mm -hmm. so that actually helped illuminate something for me because um one of the things i really enjoy about meditation is i get sometimes i'll get these like waves of bliss that will like run through me and i don't know you, you could maybe call it kundalini, but it's like this like tingle that starts at the base of my spine and it like moves up through my chakras out my head. Some would call that kundalini. <laughs> it's, it's really like it feels good, right? So it's yes. like something that I I can easily go to for the feeling. Like as mm. same way that I have a cup of coffee or take a hit. It's like I want that feeling. So I'm gonna go meditate to get that feeling. And the thing is is that I pretty much can achieve that feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I have I've done it enough now. I have like the psychic muscle memory or whatever. But what always kind of, I guess, to be totally honest, it kind of annoyed me about like reading um, books about meditation by spiritual masters is they all say, everyone says, the feelings of bliss that you get are not the point. And I'm always like, but why? I love the feelings of bliss. But that kind of what you're saying helps to like illuminate that because mm. um, the, if, I'm, if I'm just riding the wave of the bliss feeling, I'm still not like just being in like the core of, of where I actually am. 
Totally. I think, um, uh, so I understand what you're saying, and that used to really annoy me too about spiritual stuff, which is why I used to have, like, I would read a spiritual book, and then I would, like, throw it against the wall and, and be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, you think you know, you know, because I'm just, like, obviously not doing so you're like, so I'm, going, I'm going Fahrenheit 451 yeah, with this bitch. Yeah, exactly. Like, We're totally burning new out. age books today. Yeah, yeah. I used to have <laughs> a lot of That was actually like... your previous business was just burning new age books. Just collecting new age books and burning them. Yeah, I'm supposed <laughs> to recycle them. Recycle. <laughs> you're recycling them back to the atmosphere. But if I'm uh, ever at a point where I have a, a, a new age book and there's a chicken and I have to kill it with my bare hands and then cook it, then I will use the book. As you can, you can cook the chicken over fuel the for my fire. <laughs> fire I will kill the chicken book. with the book, <laughs> lop it over the head, then I will cook it. Okay, so anyway, they call that new age smoke. Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> this chicken tastes extra good. I don't know why. Oh, it was smoked with new age. <laughs> the book. last thing it touched was oh yeah, right <laughs> the fire of the oh great that's a spiritual chicken. <laughs> Have you ever made extended eye contact with a chicken? They, I have actually, yeah. It's, it's, it's very visual. intense. Yeah. <laughs> they're like staring through your soul. Like they're just like, I fucking know you. That's because they're dinosaurs. They they're are. dinosaurs. And they look at you and they're just like, you think I give a fuck? Like they do not give any fucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like you have, in evolution you have like rocks and then dinosaurs and chickens and they're the same. Pretty much. <laughs> not like, not scientifically, just in my mind. Yeah. Really quick before I lose my train of thought, so you were okay. talking about the, the dopamine hits of eating yummy food. Yeah. And so I like I love the, the dopamine hits of continuously eating yummy food. Mm. And I'm told yeah. one of my favorite diversionary tactics, it's like my own personal Netflix, is I have like I'm I'm pretty much constantly reading like one more serious book and then at the same time a fantasy or science fiction or the conversation. You gotta dilute it. Fiction. Yeah. So one of my favorite activities is I like to eat something that I can eat for like a long time to really like draw it out while simultaneously reading the book. right back to the interview with Violet Sky, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode of Barbarian Noetics is brought to you by Golden Era Funk Band, Cool and the Gang. In addition to giving us such timeless hits as Jungle Boogie, doodle doodle Jungle Boogie, doodle doodle and Celebrate good times, come on, do, 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 yee-hoo! In addition to all their fantastic musical exploits and triumphs, 
uh, Cool and the Gang, which in fact is, uh, they're actually still active, still touring, still doing their thing. Uh, they were also known as the Jazzy Axe, the Soul Town Band, the New Dimension, and Cool and the Flames. They're from Jersey City, New Jersey. Celebrate good times, come on, do 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 Anyways, so amidst their busy schedule of touring and just being super badass uh, individuals, they also um, decided to sponsor this episode of Barbarian Noetics, so very generous of them. Uh, thank you, Cool and the Gang. That's uh, Dennis D.T. Thomas, Robert Mickens, Charles Smith, George Brown, and Ricky West. Thank you so much for supporting this episode of Barbarian Noetics. All right. Without further ado, let's get back to the interview with the lovely Violet Sky. So how can I do that in a way that's not like horrific for me? So the two things, salads, <laughs> like yes. really ornate, amazing salads where I put in like beets and mushrooms and chives mm. and um, like sometimes even like I'll chop up a little garlic and you can put different dressing on. You use kale and like you make it fancy salad, cilantro. Yeah. Super fancy big salad, which that can take like a long time to eat. And it's it's tasty, but it's not so addictively tasty that you just like just like you mean like there's no msg no msg and and (laughs) you're not like maniac sugar maybe a tiny bit of sugar well yeah sugar's normal and the veggies and some sugar from the dressing but not like a bunch of added sugar anyway so that's my one thing but then my other thing i like to do which is not quite probably as as like perfectly healthy is i pop my own popcorn in an air popper and then i put um so I, you can pop like a lot of popcorn for like yeah. really cheap, and you can eat a lot of it too. Yeah, and then uh, so I, I will put sea salt, yes, and then maple syrup, drizzle maple syrup over it, like oh. the real stuff, the one hundred percent. 
Um, I don't do that at the same time. Sometimes I'll do hot sauce. (laughs) Yeah. And, and like sea salt Mm, and maybe mm -hmm. like cumin or something. But, um, but no, lately I've just been doing just sea salt and the, the maple syrup. Oh, that sounds really good. Coconut oil drizzled on. Oh my god! And that, like, you can eat that for like a solid half an hour, and you don't even feel stuffed afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like hacks. It's like hacks the matrix. Yeah, like yes, I can get like a good thirty minutes of solid food dopamine hits, and then I also don't feel like garbage after. Yeah, you mostly (laughs) ate air. It's more just like a choking hazard. That's your only risk of eating that much popcorn is choking. (laughs) The rest of it, it's totally fine to eat, like, a huge bag of popcorn to yourself. You don't even, you look after, you're like, eh, yeah, yeah, I just did that. It's totally acceptable. (laughs) Oh, I I will buy bags of popcorn knowing full well that I'm going to eat that whole bag. Like, that bag of popcorn, that's dinner tonight. Like, I'm going to sit down and eat it till it's done. Uh, Yeah. In Canada, there's this company called Colonel's Popcorn, and they sell, like, a monster bag, and it's, like, literally you could fit, like, a human man inside of it, and you get it, and I used to eat one of those with my mom in, like, one night. (laughs) They'd be like, oh, you want the party monster bag? And I'm like, yo, it's for a party. Yeah, it's for a party of two. (laughs) It's for a party of two. (laughs) Um, Hey, the Canadians just legalized weed. Yes, I'm very happy with Celebrate good times. Come on. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Yee-hoo. That's like officially the song of the legalization. <laughs> Someone sent me a meme the other day. It made me chortle. It was a picture of a, a pot leaf over a Canadian flag, and it said, Congratulations, drugs, for winning the war on drugs. Yeah, did I send it to you? <laughs> I sent it to okay. someone. Maybe. I might not have sent it. It's, it was around. But yeah, yeah that's good. I was like, I had a moment of like, <gasps> when, I, when I saw that, I was like, I can't believe I didn't think of that, but that's amazing. That's the best meme I've seen all year. It also I get it. is just like that's a, I think that's a huge step for our culture, honestly, because Canada is like this massive part of like North America. Uh, Western civilization. Western civilization. It's like a huge. What is it? What do they say when they landed on the moon? One small step for <laughs> this guy, and then one large step for mankind. That's one how I feel about it. One small step for Canadians. One large yes. bomb rip for man. That's how I feel about it. It's 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 the principle of it. I don't even care about the weed part. Like I've been smoking weed this whole time. I don't care what it is. Like it didn't Everybody ever stop. Didn't ever stop anybody. Has always smoked weed. Yeah. The this... original settlers from Canada were smoking weed. Oh my God! <laughs> if I. If I showed up and somebody, like, was like, by the way, here's this, like, sacred plant, and I just came on a fucking boat across the ocean, and I have, like, scurvy, and they gave me that, I would, I would be so grateful. I would be crying, and, like, I would be like, this is, this is, like, such a gift from God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, you know, and then... Wasn't it, I'm pretty sure, like, a bunch of the, the quote-unquote founding fathers in the U.S. were smoking weed, too. I mean, I hope so. I'm pretty sure, because hemp was, like, growing all over the place, and it was being used industrially. And obviously, I don't want to totally derail this podcast right now, but obviously, (laughs) drug laws are not about the drugs. They have nothing to do with not wanting people to do drugs. It's freedom. Yeah. It's personal freedom. It also usually has, like, some sort of, like, monetary aspect behind it. Oh, yeah, that, too. (laughs) And racism. Racism, too, is, like, a huge behind drug laws in the U.S. Anyway, so it's, like, when Canada legalizes weed, it's, like, a, a... strike to the heart of like bullshit i feel like yeah because canada's like yeah we're gonna legalize it totally 100 percent, completely and 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 then it makes everyone else look stupid you look stupid now what's gonna happen now like economic (laughs) growth more tax oh yeah like jobs just so many positives and And this is a good time for that because canada kind of needs help (laughs) i was listening canada needs to do better okay like economically they're just not doing so hot this is gonna help this is gonna be like a shot in the arm 
Yeah. Aww. But, um, I love. I have so much affection for Canada. Yeah. Well, they're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the pot leaf, and then the Canadian. It's like it's kind of funny that they legalize it first, because of course they've got the maple leaf. But it's like, oh yeah, we like nature around here. <laughs> Wait, was that we a like? Cana- is that your Canadian accent? No, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my Canadian accent. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> oh God. Okay. What's so, your favorite Canadian city that you've been to? Uh, that's hard. Uh, what's my favorite of all the Canadian cities? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I haven't to. been to, actually. I've been to a lot of them. So I haven't been uh, far on the East Coast, so I can't really say like Halifax and all that. And I've heard, I've heard good things, <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, I would say I. Oh, that's a hard choice because I don't really like any of them. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a reason why you're not in Canada anymore, I guess. Yeah, I'd say, okay, so if I want to just go along, I'm like, oh, it's Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah. But that's just because it's like, yeah. If you can afford to live in Vancouver. If I have $5 million, I'll go to Vancouver and I will support myself for one year and then I'll have to get a job. Vancouver, like, looks down (laughs) at Seattle and they're like, oh, you think you're cost prohibitive, eh? Try to live in Ontario. (laughs) Yeah, well, Vancouver was having this thing where literally it was like they were having an an exodus of young people. So it was just people over 30 because the young people who grew up there couldn't live there, so they've been leaving. So they had this, they, or they have currently this problem where there's no young people. Wow, that sounds like it probably makes it for a really vibrant culture. So yeah, all the young people are they leaving. just priced them all out. Yeah. So, you know, I went there for one weekend because I was going to move there and I was like, I spent so much money. Like, You might as well be going insane. to London or something at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. similar. I, that's why I moved to the States. I was like, yeah. you know what? You're not even offering me all around, like, good weather. It's, like, not that great. I mean, it's all right. Sorry, people of Vancouver, Vancouver people. I'm not trying to. It's different strokes it's for different great. folks. I'm glad if that everyone. The, if you're the right kind of person and you don't, you're okay with, like, um, not a whole lot of sunshine and stuff. And you, yeah. like, some people prefer that type of, like, nice, temperate, cloudy weather. Totally. So I totally get it. It's like it's I'm glad nice. everyone likes different things. That's it's, great. It's yes. good because otherwise there would yes. just be uh, everyone would stack up in the same places. If everyone was like me, <laughs> the whole world would fall apart. Like it's kind of like what happened ugh. with LA a little bit because LA is like ideal for pretty much everyone in terms of like being close to the ocean. Unless and you're everything. ugly. I went there and I was like, I feel so ugly. I need to leave. Like we, oh <laughs> everyone is so beautiful. I feel I'm like I, I think I'm like halfway decent looking, but when I go there, I'm just like gotta go gotta go <laughs> yeah i can't imagine like you hear these stories of of like people in their respective art respect respective art forms like musicians or comedians mm-hmm. and they they talk about like these are folks that have made it in la and they talk about how like they were really successful in places like austin or portland or like and then yes. they choose to go to la yes. just because they want to swim in that bigger f- bigger ocean and oh. like i can't because then it's like think about just all the talent there's just talent. Like, the person that's waiting on you is crazy talented, probably. Yes. You know? And they're and they're in the lineup with you, competing with you. Yeah, exactly. That's why I live in Phoenix. I'm like, here I'm at least, we're, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about Phoenix. It's just, L.A. brings all the people that are just, like, at the top of their game. It attracts, like, a certain kind of person. And then you're just going to that one place. Whereas everywhere else, it's like everyone's got their separate different kinds of pursuits, you know? Well, I think also, um, it's... I think it's it's part of it is talent, but part of it is that kind of like cockiness factor. Where in order to make it to in LA, you have to be extremely Looks confident to the point of like kind of cocky. So yeah. Then you have like what I like about Phoenix is it's less pretentious. 
So I think there's like a lot of really talented people around, but it's just the culture is less pretentious because if you're super pretentious, you're going to go to LA because you're not going to be satisfied being successful just in Phoenix. You're going to want to be like, I'm too good for this. I need to go prove myself in LA. So I just find like, I don't know. I just find that the people here are, are super cool. And I really like, uh, I think it's a really diverse city too. Which I it's like. not pretentious at all. Yeah. Even the people who look like they would fit in in L.A. and, like, look like they would be pretentious, they're not pretentious. I know. That always blows my mind. I'm like, like you're cool. That happens in Scottsdale a lot. Where I'm yeah, like, it's this, Scott, like, that's exactly what I'm thinking like, in Scottsdale. This lady, like, rolls up in, like, a Land Rover, and then and she, like, so says something earth. nice to me. I'll be, <laughs> like, on my bicycle, and she'll be like, hey, nice day. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then they give you, like, baked goods. Yeah. It's, and you're it's, like, thanks. It's pretty crazy. There is a lot of, like, exchange of baked goods in Scottsdale. For sure. I'm talking about, by the way... <laughs> For people who are listening, I'm not talking about weed. I'm just talking about, like, actual, like, scones. <laughs> <laughs> just um, a lot of kindness. I never This thought, is a very kind place. I never thought you were, like, a scone girl, Violet. Well, I, I am because people give them to me. Oh, okay. So just, like, <laughs> developed into a scone. I'm, like, I'm supposed to be gluten-free, and then they give them to me, and they're, like, I don't think they're gluten-free, and I'm, like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I didn't meditate today. Give me a goddamn scone. <laughs> I'm going to meditate right after I eat my scone. Oh, yeah. So I, the scone is a meditation. you got to be present <laughs> with the scone. It's For so sure. good. It better be worth it. 100%. <laughs> this is not a gluten-free scone. Um, that's another thing I was going to say about the, uh, the meditation thing is I think it's all a process, right? So it's like you can be told the same thing. You can be told the same thing once a year for 10 years and every single time you hear it you're going to hear something different because your perception of the same thing is always going to shift and change and so that's how i feel with meditation like i keep hitting these things where i'm like oh that's the point and then a year later i'm like oh that's the point oh that's the point and i think for everyone it's different at a different time you know, and so I just, I never like want to say that like my way is the right way. Cause it's like a year from now I'm going to be like, Oh, I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I think all the times that you, you, you think to yourself, this is the point are all totally equally valid and true totally. for that moment. All the points that yes. it is all the points. Yes. Cause that's like what, that's what allows for existence to function in the first place. That's that whole, like your truth thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think, uh, on that note, you know, when whenever people are saying it's my truth, it's my truth, I think it's like totally valid to have your truth. Like the point of having your own truth isn't to like throw it in someone else's face or into their truth. It's like to just know that your truth is your truth and that's it. And that's, I don't even know what I'm trying to get at. No, that's the beauty of life. <laughs> like if we all just, if, if everyone was just, um, in fact, that's kind of like why I'm enjoying this podcast so much because I get to ask people about their truths and mm-hmm. everyone's truth is so unique and so fascinating and that's what makes life interesting so much more fun if everyone had the same truth it would be it we we would be robots like we wouldn't even you couldn't even call us humans yes even like animals aren't all the same you know like one beluga whale is not like (laughs) the other beluga whale yes have you ever listened to beluga whale song so speaking of beluga whales (laughs) conan had this when when did you come up with the idea you just decided to get blue lights did we just randomly decide like you're gonna get blue lights for your apartment oh we were talking about like a building this like super corporate building should have blue lights and it would be so relaxing for all the people who work there and then he sends me a picture like the next day and his whole apartment is like covered in blue lights and he's like i've been playing whale sounds you know and then i was like i'm following suit and i immediately ordered blue lights and then now i have blue lights in my apartment and i was just hanging out in my apartment and 
and and I, I accidentally passed out and I woke up and I was like, where am I? <laughs> yeah, it, it really it, it induces an altered state of consciousness. It's it can get kind of weird, especially yeah. if you're by yourself. Well, it my, gets weird. My idea behind it was that I wanted to create an environment that actually resembled being in the ocean. Because my favorite dreams are when uh-huh. I'm swimming in the ocean. I can always breathe underwater. Yeah. And another, people are probably thinking, like, how many totem animals does Conan have? I'll tell you. I have three primary totems. There's the bobcat, <laughs> mm-hmm. the raven, and also the orca whale. Because I have tons of dreams of orca whales. Anyway, so my idea was I wanted to, like kind of make my dream reality where I could feel like I was actually inside the ocean. So they have like really good quality uh, albums now of like just ocean sounds and then you can like mix in the whale sounds on top of the ocean sounds and then your your dwelling is all blue, this like soft, diffuse like blue light. You can like go some deep places, no pun intended. I personally think that you should make your own whale sound album because you were doing the whale sounds and that's better than anything I've found on YouTube. Yeah, I would pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what that was. I don't know either. That that was a baby. baby? That was a baby beluga. Oh man! Yeah, because beluga whales. Um, my friend clued me in i was listening to humpback whale songs and she's like dude you should listen to beluga whale songs oh it's a different whale they sound like birds Mm -hmm. they're like the birds of the ocean you know how birds like that's like how belugas are but it's underwater it's really cool yeah i highly recommend everyone out there i can't really do very good beluga whale imitations so yeah i just tried and it didn't go very well maybe don't do the blue lights unless you're like okay with uh, child services like coming to your house and like maybe taking your children away <laughs> your neighbors inquiring uh, oh god yeah but um getting back to the meditation thing um yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Now. Okay, I was just waiting for you to. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I can go for a bathroom break. <laughs> the next three minutes. Hey, actually, at some point, if sounds. I do need to go to the bathroom, can you just do whale sounds? Oh man, that's. I mean, I get. How long are we talking? Oh, I just. It's like I just need to. Yeah. I just drank coffee. That's I all. can do. I can do whale sounds. Okay. Sounds. Well, maybe I'll just say my point, and okay. then you can do whale sounds, okay. and then we'll. Okay. <laughs> Or whatever sound you want. I'm not going to control you. Whatever you feel compelled maybe to I'll do. Maybe I'll do a mantra. Yeah, Or totally. maybe whale songs and a mantra. Um, a whale Don't be sound too mantra. Because listeners are going to get bored with this. Literally going to be like one second. <laughs> um, but um, I was thinking, so uh, meditation, right? So the reason why meditation is so hard is, first off, oh, there's just so many points I can make. I'm going to keep it short. But um, Basically, it's like we meditate and then we're hoping that in the meditation we won't have to deal with any of our shit. So the reason why we don't want to meditate is because we generally avoid like what is going on currently for ourselves, like within our bodies and within ourselves. Um, And so we meditate and then we think um, this should feel nice, you know. And or or I'm not doing it right. This is irritating. I'm not doing it right. And it's like actually, the meditation. The whole point is to just feel irritated or angry or whatever it is, and just sit with it. 
you know? So I think a lot of times we're so, you know, I get a scone or I get a coffee or I get this or I get that. And I just, we're constant, constantly giving ourselves little dopamine boosts. And it's just because we're trying to avoid that whole being with ourselves thing. So we're constantly just adding something else, adding something else, like add something else to the mix, add this, watch a movie, watch the Netflix, do this. And then meanwhile, there's this kind of, and I don't know if you can relate to this Conan, but like this like urgency starts to kind of come up in your body and it starts to just get louder and louder and louder and it goes into like your chest and then and then you and then sometimes we avoid it for so long that we have a panic attack and then at that moment we're forced to face it because it's so loud and clear that we're like on the ground maybe crying or having a total meltdown and then yeah and so that's kind of how we get to that place and so I'm kind of like I've realized that um, meditation is just being present with, like, what is and not, you know, needing it to be something else. The cool thing is, too, is that when you sit, do sit with the negative emotion, it transmutes the emotion. And it, it, Shit, yeah. It's not easy. I'm not saying that it feels no. good. It feels really, it's, it's really horrible. hard. And that's why people don't want to do it because it's really difficult yeah. and you might just want to cry or whatever, which is totally fine. But when you actually face it, instead of running away from it, then, like... It, it hurts and it's hard, but then it does allow it for it to shift. And then you can kind of like turn the page instead of just always yes, trying to run away, run away, run away. Yeah. And it's like, I think this is just a continuous thing process. Ever, because you accumulate new shit every day. Just all, I think it's hard. We live in this really dense three-dimensional reality. It's difficult. Yeah. Like we're these infinite souls and we're in these really dense bodies. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And, and, and I think a good thing to remember is that... Um, you know, at first it's really hard because you're usually carrying some shit that happened when you were like three and you've been pushing it away since you were three. And all that needs to happen is for, you know, and, and when I'm meditating, sometimes I have this um, thing come up. Where it's like literally like I can feel like this bubble of thought like come from the bottom of my body and like up, 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 up. And it literally like pops out the top of my head. And it's like a memory of when I was younger and like my aunt maybe... I went to her and I was like, auntie, you know, can I, yeah. And she just shoved me off and she wasn't trying to be mean or anything. She just was maybe going through her own shit. And that memory, because we're so pure and so susceptible at that age. And I didn't realize it. And I didn't even have this conscious memory, but it traumatized, it traumatized me. Like it was like so devastating that it painted the rest of my life in this light of like, women are not going to be there for you and you are not loved and you uh, you need to earn and you need to shrink you know and and then I just finally had this meditation where that memory popped up and I was like oh man and it popped and it went away and it's not like I had to like resolve it I didn't need to like go to my aunt and like talk to her or anything it just was like and that it just changed my life forever so it's like those little moments and you know facing that is really painful you know do you think that we store when we when those moments are inside us and we haven't let them kind of the bubble float and burst that uh -huh. do you think we store it in our bodies and we feel it in our bodies like as aches and pains or whatnot yes <laughs> so i <laughs> there's just so many things That's so fine. when i have too many answers at once i just go yeah <laughs> very concise <laughs> so many things i can say well i'm a somatic therapist right so obviously i um I believe in that. What does the somatic mean? So soma is the body beside, like, a separate from the mind. Oh, okay. So it's kind of coming from this angle that, like, you can talk about something for 20 years and try to resolve it by working circles around it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, okay, okay um, Conan. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, 
shit, I've lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably because I need to go pee so bad. Um, when, when you're having, like, an emotional situation, right? Like, when you're maybe feeling some sort of, like, anxiety or whatever, right? We're always trying to work it out in our heads. But, like, when you feel anxiety, you're like, where do you feel it? You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Um, I feel it really intensely in my solar plexus between yes. my, uh, what is it? Between just your below sternum? my heart. Just below my heart. Below your heart. That's uh-huh. the solar plexus, I think, right? Yes. Something like that. That's yeah. where I feel it. And yeah. it just feels as like this really, um, this really like uncomfortable tightness and yeah. it's overheating too. So yeah. like I, um, uh, like, I would used to, like, put, like, ice packs on it and stuff, even. To, like, like you can it. feel heat coming from it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like, heat that's not, it's, like, stuck or something. It's not released. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And what do you generally do? Like, what do we generally do? Maybe you, maybe you do things When I have that with. feeling? Yeah, like, that feeling, like, you're trying, you know. Well, uh, since I've stopped drinking, a feeling has been much less frequent, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't had a drink for, like, almost five years now. Yeah, that's amazing. So... I still get the feeling, but yes. it's not nearly as persistent and intense. So do you feel like it's, uh, it would be relevant to say that yeah, before when you felt that feeling, you would drink to would, avoid your I mean, being I would, present with yourself? I would do that a lot. Yes. Sometimes I can't. You can't drink. Sometimes like, if yeah. it's like you, know, you have to go to work or whatever. Yeah. So I would meditate and stuff, and yeah. I would focus on it and try to like bathe it in white light and do all those things. Yeah. And they helped for sure, but it didn't solve the problem because the problem was attached to something else that, you know, I had I had to, you know, I had to get sober basically. Yeah, because so you were like, still you were still trying to avoid something that's in you, right? Right. So you can cover it in white light all you want, and that's the thing. That's the whole like um, the shadow work, all that shadow work stuff. It's so easy to be like at a festival where you're like dressed like a fairy and be like, I'm doing shadow work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I know. my shadows are so dark. It's like no, you don't know how dark your shadows are. <laughs> like your shadows are as dark as the as the most. And, and this is the thing. It's, like, so hard to accept. But, like, the most horrific human ever to exist on the planet, your shadows are that dark. And it's not that you are going to commit those things. It's just that we are all capable of that. And so what it is is we're just so generally just really unwilling to see that because it's so scary. And so we'd rather just see it on someone else. And so that's why it's so hard to, like, be with ourselves sometimes. And it's, it's so, especially these days, it's so easy to cover it up because you can just... Facebook or, yeah, you know, go get in an argument on Facebook or, like, go to someone else's Facebook picture and point out their flaws or, like, or even point out your own flaws. Just anything to avoid actually being present with yourself, so. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, um, like, when when someone is ruled by, when one is ruled by one's shadow, then Ooh. you can <laughs> uh, susceptible to, like, outside influences. Like, you can be manipulated mm-hmm. by that shadow. It's, like, this kind of, like... Um, noose around your neck and people can yank the chain of your shadow and they can control you that way yes. and that's how like the reason why it's so critically important that people really make an effort and it's just an effort it's not like I'm saying like oh I've figured it out no I've not figured it out it's just you make an effort to confront your shadow try to like pull it out of the darkness because otherwise that's how like the real um, like uh, catastrophic tragedies collectively happen on the planet where you have like you know like uh, regimes like the Khmer Rouge you know, like genocide stuff like that. That that's that collective shadow that's running amok, and that's all yes. made up of individuals who are being ruled with by shadows. shadows. Yeah, and being, oh. and being puppeteered Shit. by this like mm-hmm. you know the um, the puppet master, usually some charismatic leader or whatever that's 
feeding off of all that darkness. It's, it's quite intense. <laughs> but yeah, we, we obviously all have that in us because like you look at these um, instances like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Are you going to reference one of those prison studies? <laughs> <laughs> one of the prison studies. Well, like if you, um, the reason I hesitate is because I don't have the exact numbers on it, but I know okay, like, just in, make them up. in Nazi no one Germany, will know. like the majority of <laughs> oh, the population okay. went along with Nazism. Yes. So it's like, what you, you know, that's like a huge case study of an instance that demonstrates that every human has that darkness in them because the majority of people. So that means you have to be an extraordinary person uh-huh. with extraordinary awareness to resist. That's why self-awareness is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like if another charismatic leader were to arise, you have to be, you have the strength to like resist it mm-hmm. on a critical mass. Totally. Because, you know, otherwise like all sorts of badness. <laughs> all so sorts of badness. Yeah. So, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's really intense. And at the end of the day, uh, I've realized this too. I used to, um, it's like if you're really trying to get your shit together and you look around everyone else and you think, well, I would get my shit together if you got your shit together. It's like, oh, that's also not, Yeah. it it literally has nothing to do with anybody else. Or also like my shit, my shit being together is contingent on this other Mm. factor or person or outer thing, you know, being impeached or something like that. This other thing has to happen first, and then I can have my shit together. The reason why my shit is not together is because of this other thing, and that is um, really dangerous because then yeah. you're not. And even though the argument might be really compelling and you might feel really self righteous about nope. it, like nope. it's dangerous as fuck. Yeah, um, that's once again coming to using other reflections in the world to make up your own identity, and so that's where it comes to like not knowing who you are, which comes back to meditation. Meditation. All comes back around to meditation. Hey, it always does. I've tried to avoid meditation for so long. I've, I, I used to loathe it, and then it would always come back. No matter how much time I would go into the world, it would always come back to meditation. And I was like, "Damn it! I have to meditate." But, um, but I will say that um, for the people out there who don't like to uh, sit cross-legged like a monk, that's good. It's good to sit like that. It feels good. Oh man, I did a ten-day meditation retreat once, and my back was so. My posture was so good after because I was forced to sit for nine days like that, and it was hell on earth. That was total silence, too, right? Total silence, like no human contact at all for 10 days. It was excruciating hell. It was like hell on earth. It was like my own hell. I was in my own mind, and it was hell. For listeners who don't know, that's called a Vipassana retreat, right? Oh, Vipassana, yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was in prison. (laughs) I was in the prison of my own mind. Anyway, day eight was the only day that was good for me. Wow. (laughs) It took eight days. On the first day, I packed up all of my things, <laughs> and I and they caught me, and they were like, "Where are you going?" <laughs> and and then they convinced me to stay till the end of the day, and then then I was well. Since I committed one day, I might as well just go for the. It's pretty impressive that you wanted to pack up the very first day, but you lasted the whole ten days. It's, Thank you. Shows good willpower. Uh, it was simply, yeah, it was willpower. <laughs> it was oh, I had no choice. Why do you think I was there? I needed something to do. <laughs> Well, I got nothing else planned for the next 10 days. Might as well just, you know. Anyway, I was trying to get to a point. Oh, that that's what my point was. That meditation does not have to look a certain way. So meditation can be singing from your soul. It can be uh, dancing. Like, not dancing to make anyone else turned on or, like, to impress anyone, but dancing from, like, what you want to feel in your body or also just, like, hula dancing, like, that super... Just just connect with yourself. It doesn't have to be... And I don't want to put, like, labels on, like, masculine or feminine, but, like, there is... Uh, I Buddhist 
meditation is very masculine, you know. And, you know, some of us are a little bit more wanting to feel the feminine side also, and there's nothing wrong with, like, moving your body and expressing yourself. I've also had some really nice meditations lying down. Like, if yes. you can manage to not fall asleep, that's the tricky oh, part. Yeah. But if you can manage not to fall asleep, um, I think lying down is a great place to, yes. especially creative visualization. Oh, yeah. I like to lie down when I'm listening to a guided meditation or something like that. Because then it, you're not falling asleep because you're following the guided yeah. words. Or if you just do it when you're not tired, too, then you yeah, that's Like good. in the morning yeah. after you've just left. And I definitely always do meditate lying down as I fall asleep. Yeah. Like, my last action is usually some form of meditation. That's really good. Yeah. Does it help your dreams? Yeah, I mean, my dreams are always pretty intense, but I think yeah. that's just the way it is. <laughs> I think it's just, like, it's, just, it's difficult existing, and we, you know, our dreams help us process it, and yeah. sometimes our dreams are pretty disturbing, but not all the time. Yeah. Lately, my dreams have just been really frantic. They've just been, they haven't really been disturbing so much as I'm frantically trying to do something. Like trying to get something done that <laughs> something never gets done. done. Gathering things. Just like keep I have moving like away. four items I need to gather and I'm just, yeah, like one of those types of things. So yeah. I'm not sure why I said You're off-gassing stress. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I think partially um, just like transitioning from being able to take a vehicle to all my commitments to having to bicycle to all my commitments. I had to, you, you are like a master at that, but I had to kind of reacquaint myself with that. Like a lot of time spent commuting like a lot of it takes a lot of energy <laughs> i'm a master at what uh commuting via bicycle oh okay like i'd say you're pretty used to it right at this uh point yes life, i'm is, used to it yeah does it ever just wear you out like physically um yes but That's uh it. i also can just eat everything i see <laughs> yeah it <laughs> so is kind of nice when i stop biking i'm like oh <laughs> dang i take for granted how many calories a bike ride uh burns yeah. so i'm gonna take my uh lady break one sec okay just real quick you okay. want to make you can do whatever you want i'll be back literally like 15 seconds nobody time me okay everyone she's gonna be back in 15 <laughs> seconds and if not she has to pay a penalty oh. all right everyone so uh we have just a couple moments here while violet is out uh she'll be right back um, I wanted to invite all my listeners to, um, we're going to do an ohm together. So I'm going to do an ohm, and I really invite my listeners, wherever you may be, um, assuming that it's like, you know, you're not like in your office or something. If you're at all able to do this, uh, find a quiet space and join me in the ohm. And it'll be cool because we'll all be ohming at the same time, but in a different temporal space, if that makes sense. So like I'm gonna be oming right now, then this ohm will occur again whenever this is played back, and there'll be like this um, kind of like tapestry of ohms throughout time. I also think that possibly when multiple people ohm, uh, it creates like these beautiful harmonics, and I believe that that will still happen if you actually ohm, if you ohm like where you're at with my ohm over the mic, I think there'd still be those like cool harmonics. And maybe Violet can join us because in all my explanation of this, she's now almost back. So maybe she'll join us in the ohm once we get it started.
with me i did ohm uh three times okay you were like, but then i ran i don't know i'm bike riding but i can't ohm very long <laughs> <laughs> i guess i could have also like the way i like to do the ohm is with like the three syllables the ah the oh and the um all kind of enunciated but i think you can also just do like oh yeah i really think you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> do that huh yeah, yeah so you really can yeah yeah i mean you know when i first joined like circles and uh yoga and like all the ecstatic dances here's Milo cheese and cirque du soleil man i wish i could my fingertips are so weak I try to like hold myself up so on like a bar been, that's like my fingers you've snap been off. You've keeping it secret this whole time. Yeah, by the way. It's Cirque du Soleil acrobat. That's like the ultimate yoga butt. If you can like propel yourself like through the air and like yeah. grab like trapeze people. What? What? I can't it's, even do monkey bars. Like if it was like you're going to die. You're going to die if you can't do these monkey bars. I would probably die. I think like true like trapeze masters and gymnast masters they should have like the same like prestige in society as we give like brain surgeons <laughs> for sure because they're amazing like yeah the stuff that people can do like when yeah like in in these like events that go around or like totally crazy like america's got talent shows it's like people are superhuman some of them definitely yeah like a lot of them <laughs> yeah. i uh uh sometimes i watch those shows and i'm like ooh, i should stop watching this because it makes me feel like uh, i'm like oh i can't do that can't do that <laughs> oh i can't do that either yeah I think I saw that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is he's doing his own like kind of like modern day American Gladiator show. Oh, I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, right. Hell yeah. Well, pretty much anything. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has somehow managed to make himself the single most marketable personality in history of man ever. Like he's he's so nice. At, like you want to see him no matter what it is. Like yes. what the context is. He was a Calgary Stampeder. Oh, really? Yes, he was. So wait, that's so that's the football team in Calgary. Yes. Yes. That's okay. So that's the only good thing about uh, living in Calgary. That's crazy. The Rock was a stampeder. Yes, he was for only one season. Probably was not, like, gotta get out of here. Is he Canadian? Uh, I don't think so. But okay. I, if he is, then I probably should know about that. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What yeah. were we talking about? Um, oh, you were um, okay. Um. So you were oming. Oh, so, um, oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So I first got into um, you know circles and all this like super like uh, new age stuff, and it was the whole oming thing, right? And it's like got to do it this way, got to do it that way. And you know when you're following suit, right? When you're looking around you and you're following suit and you're seeing all these different people and you're trying to uh, figure yourself out like in terms of yoga and in terms of your spirituality and your connection to things in life. Um, yeah. Um, oh, shit. And you're looking 
to everyone around you for the correct way to do things. Um, but then after a while of doing things, you know, you start to evolve in your practice. And my, one of my biggest realizations was that there is no right way or wrong way to do things. You've just got to do what feels good for you. And that's how we end up with artists and creative people and people who step outside the lines and change things for everyone else. So it's not about, it's about like, you know, following and figuring out what works for you, but also just knowing that, um, you don't need to do it a certain way. If Dwayne The Rock Johnson just tried to do it everyone else's way, there would be no Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Exactly. That's exactly what my thought. what kind of a world would that be, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine the world without The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> and oming and singing and all that kind of stuff, it's, um, it's very calming for your nervous system. I think the biggest thing that I've learned from the work I've done and then the work that I currently do with the somatic uh, sex therapy is that um, there's so many things that we try to mull over in our brains when in reality uh, it just comes back to the body, which is why there's so much Eastern medicine um, and uh, based around the body. So like oming that helps vibrate your vagus nerve, and if you don't know what the vagus nerve is, it's just this nerve that goes from uh, your chest and it goes all the way down through to your tailbone. Actually, I believe it's longer than that. But basically, it has a, a hand in every single organ in your body. And when you ohm um, or hum or or sing in any way, it vibrates that and actually physically calms your body down. So it's like accessing thoughts through the body is actually the most ideal way to calm yourself. I was thinking about that too with like Reiki, how you said that all touch is kind of Reiki in a way. Mm-hmm. And there's like... Um, uh, uh, the electrical aspect of that too so there's actually like this physical reality to these things as well like the vibration uh, makes you feel a certain way the electricity of someone's hands when they're like passing through into because we're, we're all we're electrical and vibrational it's like what we are basically totally so everything is electrical so it's not yeah. necessarily like when people try to um disregard things by like oh that's woo it's like well Life is woo. I hate to yeah. break it to you. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like when you, you think about it, like, how can you rationalize anything at the end of the day? It's like you're on a fucking rock in the middle of space. Like, what are you trying to well, even, tell me? Even from, like, a scientific standpoint, like, quantum physics is woo as woo fuck. Woo as fuck, yeah. yeah. Oh, so for sure. So it's like when, you talk, when people are talking about, you know, like, different concepts, spiritual concepts, like, what, are you saying that we, like, live in only this Newtonian universe? Because that's now been demonstrated to be false. That, like, the primary... Um, fundamental little quirks of, of existence are popping in and out of existence and no one knows why yeah. <laughs> yeah and I can vouch that I pop in and out of existence so <laughs> there's just no freaking way you know and it's like whatever if that's their truth that's fine you know oh yeah no for sure yeah that's true not well I'm not to... saying it in like a way it's like I don't even hold angst for people anymore because I'm like whatever is true for you right now that's fine because like honestly if I sat down and had a conversation with myself from five years ago I was a angry person even though people who met me would never say those but underneath I was so angry and angsty and so I have so much compassion for every everyone it's in, also in the not place they are it's at. not just like a turn of phrase to be like that's their truth because that actually is the truth so if you live in a yeah. purely newtonian universe that's also the truth because things obey the laws that's of gravity truth. and we totally. exist in three dimensions we don't exist in that not you you and i speaking right now are not existing in um this quantum flickering in and out of existence because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to set up this little studio and you know we wouldn't be having this conversation so it's like it, it is 
there's just everything is kind of truth at once yeah like this moment is truth i had this like huge uh releasing moment i obviously have so many epiphanies and conan will get like random texts from me and i'm like oh, i had the biggest epiphany ever and i'll just write it to him and i'm like and then next day i'm like oh just disregard that <laughs> <laughs> my quote-unquote epiphany but um i had this moment of like realizing you know if you like let's say you reflect back on something that happened to you when you were younger like let's say you're 18 and you have this memory of yourself from being 18 and the this person across from you 17 and you just freaking like disagree with them like crazy like there's horrible people like you're just arguing with them or they like crossed you somehow and then you're kind of like pissed and it's this whole thing and they kind of like you feel you still feel that that anger like it's way in the back somewhere but you're still like that person wronged me you know and then I had this this thought of like oh shit like I right now am so different from 18 year old me like the way that I perceive the world the way that I see other people the way I see myself the way I handle things the way I look at people everything so how can I still be upset about something that happened when that person doesn't exist anymore like I don't exist anymore in that state that person doesn't exist anymore and so our truth then is not the truth that was only relevant then it's no longer relevant so to be upset about something that's no longer even true it was only true in that very moment how can i base my life upon that when i am not i can honestly say that i am not that person and it kind of like you know that's why it's so good to like meditate and self-reflect because it's like shit all this baggage i'm carrying is actually based on falsehoods that are false now, but were not false before. And so they were totally legitimate when they happened, but they're no longer legitimate. And therefore, I can let them go and not feel like I'm letting go of some sort of truth. Because it's not true anymore. And it's so liberating. Does that make sense? It made a lot of sense. I'm just enjoying <laughs> listening to you. Yeah, it's yeah, really great. So. It made a lot of sense. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's changed my life for sure, you know. And now, currently, when I'm in my life and somebody irks me, I can kind of like I feel the irk and then I think okay that's cool right now I'm irked that's all right you know and mm. then I know that like 10 minutes from now I'm not gonna give a fuck and that won't be true anymore so it's like it really allows you to it's it's very empowering yeah it's very empowering oh shit it feels so good yeah and then and then no one has any power over you anymore you know and then you're just you're putting a better reflection out into the world so how in would you describe that um, mechanism because that that's what I strive to do also uh-huh. all the time is like feel when you feel the, the frustration or the anger like you kind of like you let it wash over you but then you let it like run run off like how do you kind of like how could you verbalize that mechanism because uh, what it is basically is you're processing it and uh-huh. then letting it go yeah okay um i think it might be uh so i could say what works for me it might be different for everybody else i'm interested for what works for you i would say um like, let's say, take, for example, the easiest one for me to replicate the sensation of, because I'm sure we all feel it constantly, is, like, jealousy. So, like, let's say you feel jealousy over someone, like, uh, for some reason, right? Like, they're prettier than me, or they're... Like, let's say you're in L.A., <laughs> and everyone's hotter than you. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, you know, and, and that's when it comes back down to... Um, uh, crap, I don't want to make this too complicated. Basically... Um, Oh, shit. Where am I? (laughs) 
So you feel so you feel like you're walking down the street and you see a oh jealousy. Person and you yeah. Feel so jealous. now because I feel I come from that kind of like a state of everything in me is a reflection of myself on the world. So if I'm like pissed at someone, I know it's not like what they're doing. Even if what they're doing is quote unquote right or wrong, my anger towards them has nothing to do with them. Like literally, I could be like coated in gold and be the biggest, like the most angelic being on the earth, and that person might still spit in my face and so does that is that a reflection of me or is that a reflection of you know so basically I get to react how I want to react but also um I would say that god there's like a train of thought that I keep trying to get on and I keep missing it shit something I've been doing lately is um so like there have been points in my life where when I see like you know how certain men are just like very like they have a certain presence about them and um like maybe that sometimes they're like super beautiful mm. just like there's this like strength that emanates from certain men tell me and about beautiful men yeah i know right oh like, uh, <laughs> your eyes are so pretty <laughs> <laughs> and like i i used to always feel kind of like intimidated by it mm. or if it was like a group of like you know like uh men that are like dressed really well and they're really confident and you can tell that they're funny Mm. and you can tell that like you know they just like light up the room wherever they go and stuff and like what I've been trying to feel lately like focus on is just like just focus on like how like fantastic that person is yeah like uh, bask in it yeah you're like yeah and it changes (laughs) the whole thing because then yeah then you don't you're not weird then you can interact with that person it's not all like strange you're just like being genuine like like from a perspective of like you seem like a really cool person and I would I would you know let's chat or let's get to know each other instead of like oh my god this like who am I to speak to this person or like oh why can't I be more like that just like seeing meeting the the beauty and embracing the beauty yeah and I honestly think that you're only capable of seeing the beauty for what it is in the outside world if you're capable of seeing it in yourself so it's like the reflection thing again you know Hmm, interesting yeah that makes sense yeah so yeah right if you're feeling all like shitty and then you see this like beautiful person you're gonna make it into this shitty thing of like yeah okay so i take the this like super i have this example in my head in my head and it's so easy to do it with with humans it's different because humans are so like up and down and crazy and whatever and so sometimes it's easy to be like well that person's just being a jackass today but um my old roommate has a, a dog and um yeah i would like walk the dog and stuff and i don't I don't really want to have an animal, but I'm, like, a human, and I like, you know, dogs are cute and stuff, but they, they poop a lot, and I don't like poop. I don't like cleaning up after people's poop, or dog's poop, sorry. So, uh, <laughs> so I would take them. summarize, uh, Violet doesn't like cleaning up I don't like cleaning poop. shit. That's the reason I don't have kids or animals. Anyway, so I would take this dog out, because I'm, like, a compassionate being, you know, and I would, like, see this dog, and it's there all day, and I'm there, and I'm just doing my yoga, and I'm like, fine, I'll take you for a walk, and I would take this dog for walks. And I remember, like... The days where this dog would, like, you know, oh, okay, I took you for a walk. I did all this stuff for you. And then it would go and, like, sometimes it was just, like, I did my laundry and it would go and, like, pee's on my bed. Like, <laughs> you, I just did all my laundry and it ran and I just, I did this thing, you know, like, I took you for a walk, you little bastard. And it came in and peed on my bed. And I remember thinking, like, I hate you. Like, <laughs> I hate you so much. Like, you were such an asshole, you know. But this dog is just like, I'm just a floofer, you know. And, um, but I remember, so I would, you know, for a couple days I would just hate this dog. But I would still, you know, take you for a walk because I feel bad and, but I remember this one day, and I had uh, come from 
a session and I had a really nice session with this lady and I was feeling so good like just so so good like in myself and life and you know the uber driver he's so nice everyone's so nice and beautiful and all these beautiful sparkly eyes and making eye contact with everyone the mailman is so nice and I walk in and I see this dog and I'm like oh my god it's a fucking four-legged free spirit being and I just was like I was just overtaken with love like I was like oh my god like I love you like oh oh and and I had this moment of just unconditional compassionate love for this dog because I I saw the dog in its purity for a second for like a day and then the next day I woke up and I was like you little shit you know (laughs) and I I that that real real like um abrupt distinction between the two was really telling to me and it made me realize it was all me all me like that dog wasn't acting any different from that day to the next day it was just me it was just my my perception of the dog changed so much that i saw it as like what it was how many times you see a dog you're like oh a dog and it's like no it's like this crazy furry magical creature like if we didn't have animals for a second right or for a generation and then all of a sudden there's all these little dogs and critters you'd be like pokemon like oh my god and but we just take things for granted and so it's just all perspective it's just all perspective and that's Um, where like when when the kind of like it's become a bit of a cliche but when people say like you create your own reality there's that's actually like a foundationally true thing because that in that story there was the one reality where the dog was like your enemy yeah and then the other reality where like you saw almost like you saw the great spirit in the dog yeah and, like so but you that is two completely 180 totally. different realities and it and felt so different them. they both came from you yes so it's like yeah we do create our own realities. you know when what i realized too is i was looking for validation from the dog <laughs> because i was taking the dog out and i was like oh, i'm being a nice person and then it shot on my bed or peed on my bed and i was like oh like you're basically telling me that i'm a piece of shit and so i saw i saw the dog as like the reason why i had to feel bad <laughs> so if but, and i use the dog as an example because it's a pure example because right. humans are so easy to so yeah. now whenever i'm like pissed at someone i think of that dog I think about the dog and it yeah. reminds me yeah so like, you have to have your own experience like that to validate i can't just like tell people this is what works for me it's like whatever works for you and you gotta other, have your moments the other aspect too is like you're gonna get annoyed by people sometimes oh yeah and you have to just That's accept okay. that as well that's part of it you if you if you get annoyed by someone then you pretend like you're everything's totally fine you have no feelings of annoyance it's just gonna fester and well then that's like, called your shadow again right that's called yeah. rejecting your shadow and yeah. then that's you know you gotta be like well and i feel like i want to kick that person's ass that's okay uh sounds like such a basic statement but it like really struck me on a podcast the other day this guy was saying he was a psychologist and he was saying that when you have anger but you do not express your anger that is when you become passive aggressive Mm. and like that sounds like one plus one equals two but it really struck me and like that's exactly what it is that's what it means yes oh passive aggression shit right (gasps) because you're you're expressing anger but you're basically like afraid to it's so passive aggression. It's oh. Isn't that crazy? Oh. And it explains Bing. a lot because we all, I think we all, including our listeners, know passive aggressive people. And Probably we. We've been passive aggressive Demonstrate. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I think we can be passive aggressive towards ourselves even. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and it's one of the, it's probably got to be one of the more useless like um, endeavors to engage in, like passive aggressivity. 
Yeah, no you know, that comes into you're, like... It's uh, a sabotage thing. You're trying to yeah. do something, but you're sabotaging yourself by being passive with it, and so nothing ends up happening. Yeah, that comes back to that, like, you know, the whole triangle of, like, there's a victim. In our psyches, there's always, like, the role of the victim, the role of the perpetrator, and then the role of the rescuer. And, you know, when you're doing passive aggression, you're you're making yourself a victim. So you're deciding, I'm a victim of this person, and I'm going to suck this in. And then now you go around the world feeling like a victim, and that's why we have all this, like, victim mindset. When in that's why we talk about like the way that the things that I was talking about earlier like the empowerment the more empowered you are to be like related to yourself and to not need the outer world to reflect your own person you, who you are the core then the more you're not gonna need to yeah, feel like the, a victim the thing as your about identity it is like um just because you don't see yourself as a victim doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge hardship you've been to you can actually derive strength oh, yeah. from the hardship you've been to so you're not like being like you're not um trying to tell yourself that you've had this like cheery thing or like repressing anything no it's about fully accepting it yeah like and that's the whole shadow thing it's the whole like oh my god i've been devastated and the thing is is it's really hard to say that it's really hard to say i've been devastated to yourself like to really actually accept it you know and that's the thing is is there is at the end of the day there's no one else to blame like if something traumatizes you and they did something you know it's not like there's some great being that is at the top of this food chain that's like i am going to perpetrate my patriarchal shit all over you it's like we're all raised in it we're all we're all at the end of the day we're all victims of our own bullshit so you know and i used to walk around the world being like well why isn't it like this and it's like well why isn't it like that because you don't fucking do it you're not doing it you you're like waiting for someone else you know to change the world why don't you do it why don't you do what you want to do and you know honestly now that i actually am who i am and do what i do even in the most like crazy things that i thought would not be acceptable people are like oh yeah cool and i'm just like really i could have been myself this whole time instead of just being like a carbon copy of what i see around me and comparing myself to others all the time yeah. like it's just oh it's so much better yeah just now be that reckless you, you put it that way too, it's like um i think a lot of comparison comes from not embracing who you are so because yes. you're not being who you actually are then you're left in this world of comparison well what should I be if I can't be myself then who should I be who's getting the most approval look around me oh pretty people or people who do this or people who act this way that's kind of being passive aggressive towards yourself in a way totally because you're not giving yourself permission you're telling yourself that who you are is not okay and then you're like passive aggressively trying to make yourself feel good by emulating other uh, behavior or style that, that seems like attractive to you or that totally. you perceive to be attractive to the world I agree. Yeah. Also, it's exhausting. And then you're exhausted because you're faking it all the time. It's super ironic because, like, people who are, um, create ways of being that are inspiring are never just following orders. They're always their own people. All the crazy people on the peripherals of society are the ones that, like, change it for the better and then everyone else follows suit, you know? Which is fine because I follow suit constantly. Like, look at the house I live in. It's, like, the same shape as everyone else's house. Or everyone else gets (laughs) inspired, you know? Yeah. So there's... There's, like, blindly following suit, but there's also being inspired and wanting to be more like someone because you admire them so much and because that resonates with who you really are. I guess I was just talking from the sense of, like, following suit and then being angry that you're following suit. It's like, well, you know, I don't like all this, like... Like, I don't know. For me personally, it was like, well, I want this to be the world. I want women... I want women to relate in this real, real way. And I remember I went to all these, like, women's groups and I found a lot of fakeness. And it's like, you found a lot of fakeness, but you're being fake. Like, you don't realize you're being fake. 
But it's the, see, once again, we'll go back to the shadow, like me being fake. Oh, I'm so nice. I'm going to go to the swimming circle and like hopefully find a nice lady. It's like, yeah, but everyone else is doing that. Everyone's out, everyone's showing up at this circle fake, hoping to find themselves in the circle, but no one's willing to actually like look at themselves, you know? And, and I'm not saying no one, cause obviously tons of people are willing to look at themselves, but from, I guess I'm speaking from my perspective then, you know? And then, um, now that I finally like actually embraced who I am, it's like, I don't know, I'm the world's a better place for me like my world is better because also if you're not embodying your true self then you're going to see other people as not embodying their true selves so even if even if people are being themselves that's true because i'm only seeing myself reflected on them yeah yeah oh it's so true oh oh so good it's so good to like reflect on my life and all these people who wronged me i'm like no one ever wronged me i've never been wronged I've never been wronged, and it's so cool. Then you're just like, oh, fuck yeah, I've never been wronged. It's really liberating. That means I can never be wronged. Yeah. And everything's like a gift, you know? Right. And that's the thing, too, is like I will be at the train station, and I will go to buy my ticket, and then and then the ticket machine doesn't work, and then the train comes, and I'm missing the train because it's freaking machine and i and i do i get con- and that's the thing i get consumed with this rage like it's like a fire inside me no one else can see it i'm sure but i'm so angry just go on the train anyway and then just hope that the yeah that worked out for me once yeah <laughs> but but then i have this moment of like well if everything is you know that whole phrase about like there's nothing happening to you it's all happening for you and then I think, well, there must be a reason why this is not working because I would have gotten off the train at a certain time. Maybe I would have been hit by a car, you know? And I even have the same mindset with, like, when I'm bike riding, you know, some people, and you know because you bike ride, but, like, you know, some people will, like, cut you off. Like, you'll be riding, and then they'll turn a corner, and you're like, you son of a bitch. You're on your cell phone. You almost killed me, you know? And then I remember I, I went for months without anything like that happening, and then one bike ride, this guy almost he just would come out of like a hidden driveway really fast and they don't even like what if a kid was on a bicycle you know and they're just going with their training wheels and just riding in front and then you would kill them you know and then they sometimes they don't even notice me and then so this one bike ride I was going and then this guy cut me off again and another person and I was just like I got I stopped my bike and I just sat there and I was like why have you forsaken me you know like why is people trying to kill me but then I then I had this moment what about all the people who are not hitting you And then I stopped for a second and I felt that like in my heart, like, wow, look at all these people not hitting me. Like, oh my God, there's so many people on the road, so many people driving around through these intersections and and so many people are not hitting me. So even if two people almost hit me, that means how many people didn't hit me? And I started focusing on that feeling of like, thank you for not hitting me. Oh my God. And then from then on, I swear, my bike rides have been super safe. I have a super apropos story okay. related to that. It uh-huh. actually just happened last night, and when it happened, I was really moved by it, and I was thinking I wanted to share it on a podcast. Yes, please. Okay, so I'm, I'm biking home from work. It's, like, dusk, and um, I'm, I'm in the bike. It's one of those roads where the right side of the road is actually dedicated to bicycles, but I'm still kind of, like, I know that drivers don't always realize that, so I still kind of i am off to the side. But technically, the whole lane is, like, dedicated to cyclists. And I'm, like, do-to-do, doing my thing. I got my back blinker on, so I'm very visible, and my headlight. And this truck, like, zooms past and literally, like, misses me by about, like, an inch. Like, going, like, 35 miles an hour. Just, like, zooms past. And I, of course, get that, like, wellspring of rage. And then there's a red light directly in front, so it forces the truck to stop. And the truck, the passenger side window is open on the truck. So in, like, my righteous indignation, I, like, pedal up really quick, and 
the truck stopped at the red light and I look in and I'm like, dude. And he like didn't see me at first. And I'm like, dude, he looks over. I'm like, you missed me by about an inch. And then he was like, I noticed he had like a little, um, like his daughter was in the back seat and he was just like this, this dad, this dude, like, and he had a really like kind, like aura about him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he looked at me and he was like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm really, I haven't slept in like two days. I must have not seen you. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so glad that, that I missed you. And I'm, I just like, I really apologize. And I was like, it immediately Ooh. disarmed me 100%. And I, yeah. I just said to him, I said, I can see that you're like a really good person. It's all good. Like, have a good night. And it made me smile. I smiled the rest of the ride home. It was such a positive, beautiful thing. Yeah. And it was like, this guy, you know, who knows, maybe he's a single dad or whatnot. He's obviously raising at least one kid. He's, he hasn't slept in two days, you know, like, oh, he wasn't trying to be rude. No. He just, you know, he's just doing the best he can. He wasn't, like, taking your life for granted or no, anything. No, it wasn't that at all. And he's not even, he's not a bad person. He doesn't dislike cyclists. Like, all these stories that if he had just zoomed past and not stopped, I would have told myself. Oh, so we make up our own narratives glimpse. about everyone around us. Yeah, the totally. Was like, take a look inside and look and see what's actually happening. It's like this nice guy mm. who's like driving his daughter home and he's tired, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so really. But that says, you know, that reflects well in you, though, for the ability to even reflect on it that way. Because some people would have just been like, suck my dick. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> imagine the if guy. I had, like sworn even at him nice. and then his little daughter Aww. was in the backseat. Yeah. would have been really bad. Yeah. And you know that moment might have had an impact on him too, where he's like, "Oh man, I'm really gonna watch out for bicyclists I now." I think so. Like, that was oh. the sense that I got that he yeah. felt like real genuine, like remorse and like fear that like oh, oh he shit. certainly doesn't want to be hitting any cyclists. Yeah, so, yeah. But and then, um, it feels better for you does. too to, to love like that. So Violet, we are like over an hour and a half. Okay. So I think we should probably wrap this bad boy up. Alright. We could talk forever. Yes. You're gonna be a repeat guest. Really? Yeah, you're going to be a repeat guest. Thank you. I, I love mean, to if, talk. If you want to be. <laughs> I would love to be a repeat <laughs> guest. Check back in on Barbarian Noetics in like, you know, eight months or so. And I listen to all your podcasts. Oh, thanks. So, thanks thank for you. Listening. Keep sending them. Right well, thanks for being here. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here and I will be back again. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Bye. Thanks, love, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>conclude this episode by letting it run out uh, to a track by the late mac miller young ascendant rapper uh, talent that was getting better and better and uh, he passed on a month ago due to a drug overdose so it really hit me and uh, it's just another another young talent that is lost to us due at least in part to the pharmaceutical industry's unscrupulous practices with pain medications um, so just wanted to give a tribute to him and, uh, may his spirit, you know, be enlightened and at peace and, uh, gone from this world, but certainly not forgotten. 
So Mac Miller, this one goes out to you. This is a collab with Ninth Wonder called That's Love. All right, y'all. Until next time. Peace. Love song. Love song. Love song. Love song. Ninth Wonder. Come on, it ain't cool to make a love song. They looking at me like there's something wrong. This ain't a song about cars and drugs. Even gangster motherfuckers fall in love. Come on, it ain't cool to make a love song. They looking at me like there's something wrong. This ain't a song about cars and drugs. Even gangster motherfuckers fall in love. I got a girl who always tripping on these bitches who keep trying to come and holler. I don't bother with these groupies who just wanna chase a dollar. My everything I got her, platinum and copper. We gon' stay together till one of us use a walker. She popular, but I got her first. I tried, she denied, so I got to work. I gotta let her know the way her smile tend to glow. And the time we took that Molly, that she had us on the road. I disconnect cordless, feeling all distorted. Bored with the smorgasbord of all that horseshit. I bet she never thought I'd have her fall in love. Beauty or brain, maybe she all of the above. Come on, it ain't cool to make a love song. Hey, they looking at me like there's something wrong. This ain't a song about cars and drugs. Even the gangster motherfuckers fall in love. Come on, it ain't cool to make a love song. They looking at me like there's something wrong. This ain't a song about cars and drugs. Tell me to treat a woman with respect. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be a gentleman out.